Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. You ever had intentions for something, whether it be a relationship, a plan, or a goal, and it just did not work out the way that you kind of envisioned it? Or you ever felt like God put something in your heart to do and it was so many different unanswered questions that you like, hello, I'm sorry, God, are you on prepaid? Because I don't know this part. Can you help? Okay, great. I was reading Genesis 6, you know, the story of Noah, and that chapter encompasses all of that in it. Now, I know you're always saying, how did you get that from that? I, I just, I read it different. Maybe I read it with an emotion. I don't know, but I just, I was like, let me just call you and kind of go over it. So, Genesis 6, and you know I always read from NLT, and it's not new lettuce and tomatoes, new living transition. Stop saying that, okay? Okay, great. So, I'm going to just jump in. So, chapter 6, verse 3. So it says, then the Lord said, my spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years, a.k.a. Um, God said, I'm over it. This is not how I saw this going. I'm over it. My spirit will not put up with the humans for such a long time. I was going to try to, you know, thug it out with them, but... God said he's over it, right? Then going down a little bit more, um, verse 6. Well, let's start at verse 5. So the Lord observed that the extent of the human wickedness on earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So verse 6. So the Lord was sorry he ever made them and put them on earth. It broke his heart. Now, pause real quick, um, semicolon, backslash, whatever you want to do. That is hurtful. But that's also so relatable. To see that you had the intentions for something. To see that you had such a hope for something and it just did not go the way that you wanted. And it's like, I regret even meeting you. I regret, regret ever coming to this job, this company. I regret ever moving to such and such. God experienced that same exact thing, and he's God. My goodness. No, seriously, chapter 6, verse 6, Genesis. So the Lord was sorry he ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. Yeah, that, that hit me like a ton of bricks, but it also was like, man, God, you experienced that too? So why do we think that um, when we plan something, it's going to go perfect, and it's going to go exactly to plan, and, you know, it's just going to be A, B, C, and all this precision, precision in the exact plan. And God just said, clearly, I just created all these different things for y'all to do. I done created something magnificent, and I'm sorry I even made it. It broke his heart makes me sad I want to punch somebody in the face all in one but I digress so then he just decided verse 7 I will wipe this human race I've created from the face of the earth yes and I will destroy every living thing I'm, I'm, I'm just reading the Bible but I'm doing it in how I do it yes and I will destroy every living thing all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky, I'm sorry I ever made them. 
Now, why the animals getting in trouble, Lord? That always used to, like, play on my heart, like, but they didn't do nothing. Because you just said um, it was human wickedness. But you know what I see in that? The reason for him even making all of the earth and everything in it was so that we can have dominion and reign over it. And if we are not acting right, then none of this needs to happen. And that's powerful. That's powerful that he intended this entire earth for us. And because we had to be wiped out, then nothing else could could sustain without us. Or it had no purpose without us. Because it was never to create the heavens and the earth so that the birds can go ahead and have a nice day. It was so that we can have a relationship with him and live out the dream and the purpose that he had for us. So then verse 8 says, but God, but Noah found favor with the Lord. Okay, Noah, I don't know what you did, but thank God you did it. So real quick on Noah. Now, up until this point, we never really read nothing about Noah, right? And what we do know is he found favor with God. I don't know how he did it, but praise God, like I said, that he did it. So the story of Noah starts Genesis 6, um, verse 9. So this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at that time. He walked closely in fellowship with God, and he was the father of three sons, and God saw the earth and how corrupt it was and the violence, and so I'm scrolling through a lot. And so God observed all the corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. 13, this is when it starts getting juicy. So God said to Noah, uh, listen, I decided to, now the uh wasn't in there, but let, let, let me do what I do. Listen, um, I decided to destroy all living creatures for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Here's what you're going to do, sir. Verse 14, you're going to build a large boat from the wood and you're going to make it waterproof. You're going to make it with tar inside and out. You're going to make the decks. These are all the measurements, the cubits, how I need you to do it. I need you to put the door on the side. I need you to build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Okay, great. And then 17, look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. Um, that's not scary. Okay, but 18, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Then 19, bring a pair, every kind of animal, male and female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. 20 pairs of every kind of bird. So pretty much I want you to bring every single thing and then he ends it with, um, they will come with you to be kept alive. 21 and be sure to take on board enough food for you and your family and for all the animals and the chapter ends with saying so Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded now I have some questions because I'm human right and so what did we learn in school the who what when where why right so I kind of was like well how can I apply that because um God is given a very um big task to Noah and I kind of wanted to know why you you just ended that way. He did everything like you commanded. He didn't ask you anything, God. But I wanted us to see up close and personal how God gives you just enough. He doesn't give you everything. So who? Who asks about you know, what's who? Who's doing it? So we know that the who is answered because God is doing it, right? 
what is he doing? He's getting ready to destroy everything. Have a nice day because he's over it. When? He didn't tell him that. Where? Mm, essentially, pretty much he's letting them know I'm getting ready to destroy the earth. So, you know, I'm doing it where? And why? Because they're wicked, sir. And I'm over them. And it breaks my heart to know that I created them. So I'm going to wipe them out. Everybody's finna die, except you. But everybody else is finna die. And that's how that's going to happen. Now, what blew my mind was take enough food for you and your family and all the animals. Time out. Now, I've been to the zoo, right? Um, and that was just a little bit of the animals. How does how did no one know how much food to bring? How did no one know how much food to bring for animals? How did he know what every animal ate? And how did he know how much food to bring to sustain all of them if you don't tell him when or for how long this is going to happen? But I believe God always leaves off an element of your question asking for faith. I believe if he gave it all to you, you'd just be a robot with it. But that's not even the part that really just was mind-blowing to me. Because I really just wanted to like, okay, so don't know too much about Noah up until this point. I don't know if he was just, you know, stellar at building big boats. I don't know if he would. I just wanted to know a little bit more about him. So I dug a little bit. So Noah became a father at 500 years old, right? And studies show that he built the ark somewhere between being 525 and 545. And he became a father. Sorry, he became a father at 500 years old. He built the ark somewhere between 525 and 545, which means he had adult sons. Now, pause that. Who helped him build this boat? The Bible doesn't say. <laughs> doesn't say. We can assume that it was his sons because, you know, had being a father at 500 and then building it within, we know that he had adult sons by that time. But we don't know who helped him, and God didn't tell him who was going to help him. Wow. That's a big mission. People finna die, sir, and I don't know... If I have all the utensils, the know-how, and the expertise to carry this out to fruition, yeah, that's not scary at all. I'm sorry. He doesn't enter the ark until he's 600 years old. Yeah. Um, that debunks any of us being upset because our plan is not coming to fruition at the time frame we thought. No, 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 seriously. Um, you're supposed to be married by that time. You're supposed to be at this point in your career at this time. You're supposed to have kids by this particular time. You're supposed to have your part of the vision um, at least executed and generating some revenue by this point. And um, Noah was 600 by the time that he stepped into a boat. So about maybe 55 to 75 years later, yeah, you need to never, ever, ever cry another tear, do another frustrated tantrum of any sort saying that something is taking too long. This literally acne acres, that whole situation. Yeah, it's like the Animaniacs, like, yeah, it's coming down. Like, you you have no standstill. You have no say on that. That's just, yeah, when I weigh it, mm, Noah wins. Sorry. <laughs> okay, great. 
The other thing was God gave very, very, very detailed instructions. The one thing that really, really, really was mind-blowing to me when you read on about this story is that he never told him the proper way to come out the boat. Meaning, he never said, okay, um, so you're going to stack the animals this way, right? And then the water's going to stop on this day, and it's going to be completely dry, and then you'll come out. God's instructions stopped at the point of how do you build this thing, and I want you to sustain everyone on this boat, and that's pretty much the end of God's instruction. God, you trusted Noah enough to not only build it to carry out your instruction, but to have the discernment and the know-how to sustain the things on this boat on the coming out. Now listen, water is filling the earth, right? There are some animals on this boat that cannot swim. That's not supposed to be in any water. So Noble could have very well opened up this door that was on the side of the boat and killed a big portion of uh, animals because not every, not all of them swim, right? How the pressure of carrying out this mission was a lot more than being obedient to God. And I think that's why the Bible went ahead and specified that Noah was a righteous man and he was the only blameless person living on earth at that time and that he walked in close fellowship with God. Because I feel like in the fellowship is where you get the silent instruction. Some things are loud. Some things are clear and obvious. I want you to build it with this kind of wood, this particular amount of decks. It needs to be this cubist. I want you to have the door on this side. I want you to do it with tar inside. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And then the other instructions, the more life-sustaining, the ones that are truly, truly equally as important, I feel like that comes in the silence of fellowship with God. How did no one know to go ahead and release a raven and a dove? Why not just release the raven? Why not just release the dove? Why not just poke your own head out and say, oh, nope, it's still a lot of water. Let me go back inside. How did he know? And I wanted to give the credit to the fact that Noah was probably smart. Bible doesn't say it. But maybe he was smart. Maybe he was an animal lover. You know, maybe a lot of different things. But I truly believe that the instruction that will carry out the mission, because the mission wasn't just built this boat so y'all could stay in it. It was capture what I created initially. Let me, let me go ahead and um, save this portion of it so that, when I wipe this thing and do it again, I don't have to recreate. You are literally, sir, carrying out everything that will be on the second earth as I had it on the first. Because I'm not going back through the whole creating light. I'm not doing any of that anymore. I'm sorry. I'm just going to wipe out the part 
that wasn't serving its purpose and that was the human beings because they were wicked the light did what it was supposed to do the vegetation did what it was supposed to do the fishing and all the other things in the sea did their part the birds in the sky did their part everybody did their part except for the things that i created last which was the human beings y'all not doing what y'all supposed to be doing i'm wiping y'all out we're gonna do it again and so to have that fellowship just really screams, okay, God, what, is, what else am I supposed to do? And the beauty of it is Noah didn't have to go on a hunt to find all the animals. He didn't have to go hunting. God brought those animals to him. And that's the thing about being obedient when you are obedient in God's instruction, the purpose will find you. You're just carrying out. That's why the Bible says that he wants obedience more than sacrifice. Yeah, Noah could have sacrificed some of his time and kind of built the boat on his own. But no, 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 no. He needed for Noah to have the discipline to carry that out the way that he said. And that says a lot. And I even tried to look up what's the difference between the raven and what's the difference between the dove. And I saw that the dove was a part of the pigeon family and they're intelligent. And, but you know what? The raven went and never came back. And it doesn't say that he let the dove out, you know, after he saw the raven wasn't going to come back. He let them out pretty much at the same time. So there was some intellect there to say, okay, you knew that just in case <laughs> this don't work out, let me go ahead and let the dove out, which was mind-blowing to me. And then when I went on a couple of other chapters later and just reading the other portions of it, I'm like, okay, so it wasn't just the, oh, we're going to rain real quick and then we're going to come back. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That thing took a, um, it took a very long time. Yeah, it took a very long time. As a matter of fact, almost, I think it took a year. So Noah was 600 years old when the flood covered the earth. And by the time that um, Sir came out, I think he was about 601. Yeah, that's a lot. Yes, yeah, a lot going on there. But one of the major things that I wanted to go ahead and say, sometimes I think we are too fast in saying that we completed a mission without confirming with God. And although um, God gave Noah the instruction and Noah carried out the instruction, God was the one who closed the door. So I want that to speak to people who you're doing something, you don't know the direction, you don't know when it's done, and you, you know, what am I supposed to be doing, God? No, God gives you the instruction. God closes the door. God brings the purpose to you. You just have to make sure that you are doing the active ingredient of fellowship because you know what? Fellowship is what had Noah recognized by God, and fellowship is what helped Noah sustain what God told him to do. Mm, that's a word right there. Nope, I don't want to hear it. That's a word right there. Just think about that. Put yourself in Noah's shoes real quick. God literally said, hey, some people are going to die because I'm over it. Um, and may, may not that be that loud, but that's how I see it. They're going to die because I'm over it. This is what you're going to do. And I'm going to save you, your wives and all them. Yeah, and your, your sons. And yeah, I'm going to get so y'all can go ahead and repopulate and do what needs to be done. But I'm over it and um, built this boat. And then he says nothing else after you. Mm -mm. Or nothing else after that. Mm -mm. That's not enough. I'm sorry. Can you come back? When you think you're going to do this? How long is it going to take? 
How much food should I pack? Should I bring clothes too? God, that smell's going to be outrageous in this boat. Um, can I make more than one window, sir? <laughs> like, can we get a ventilating system? Because I done been to a circus or two, and that's in, in, uh, insane. Yeah, elephant poo is nothing to, nothing to mess with. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm glad they don't throw their poo like certain, you know, bamboo or the monkey or whatever does that, but it would be a serious wipeout situation on the nasal congestion and abuse alone. You, you understand? So I couldn't imagine just sitting there with the blamelessness that I'm possessing, you know, and then having God like, hey, um, I'm over it. I want you to build something, and I'm not saying nothing else after that. I'm sorry. So, A, you got to have a good memory because <laughs> he didn't repeat those um cubits and measurement. Mm-mm. Can you write that down on a tablet, Lord? No, like I need something visual because – I don't know what this heat's going to do to my memory, right? And then you had me working with tar, and that's not the best-smelling stuff, right? Um, so I just want to make sure that I for sure, like, can you can you laser something real quick? Can you put something in the sand, something that I can go back on and say, okay, what step are we at? Because I don't know a man on this earth, okay, great, or maybe very few, but it's very rare that we read the instructions one time and we're like, oh, okay, I got it. What I have in the instruction piece right there. Like, Noah didn't have the picture on the box to say, mm, Okay, great. He didn't have the instruction manual to say, how much cubits did he say? No, sir. He actually just said it to you. So imagine the weight of knowing all the instruction A, and this may be a little shade, but come on, just track with me. It relies on the memory of a man. Now, I would like to believe he went in and told his wife, quickly, remember this. I got to build three decks. I got to have this many cubits. It got to be this kind of wood. You remember it because left on my memory, sir, you don't even remember her birthday. Okay? Without looking up and trying to recall. You don't even remember what you wore two weeks ago. May have been the same cloth, but I'm talking in today's time. You can't tell me what you ate last Friday without looking up and going, mm. And you mean to tell me you're going to remember the instructions that God told you a year ago? No. God, you sure you don't want to tell just one more person just in case? Okay, so if his wife's going to go on the boat, can you call her out here too, please? <laughs> like, how scary is that? To have looked back and say yo, he had to retain all that. Now, maybe he did go somewhere and write it down real quick. The Bible don't tell us that part. That's a suspense that I would like to keep me on the edge of my seat. How did he know how to how to build it? Did he have any experience? God, did you pick somebody who who had a good memory? Cause he's real, real six hundred. He's anything past um when you start getting to the hundreds, Lord. His memory may not be the best, sir. Can, um, can you repeat it just one more? Uh, can, all right, God, can you do a check, just like a little inspection around the ark, real quick? Hover over it, come back and say no, sir. That other deck is kind of, it's loose. Like, can you just make sure? Because this is getting ready to be, you talking about cabin fever? Yeah, we need to make sure this thing is sturdy. And, um, yeah. <laughs> like, that's how I read the Bible. Like, whoa. All the poo from the zoo? Plus, plus, and plus? Ooh. You ain't never been in the ark with all the zoo animals plus the other jungle animals plus the... Yeah, that's... Mm -mm. 
Mm, God, can you shut down the nasal in the name of Jesus? Mm. Yeah, because I can't smell that. Um, I can't smell it for a circus um, act. I don't know if I could do it for a whole year. Yeah, I'm going to have to pack some Petmo Bismo. That's going to sustain. You understand? Get some smelling sauce. Have some potpourri is what you're asking me. Because I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be able to eat nothing. I'm not gonna be able to eat nothing. Just thinking about it. I'm not gonna be able to do it, sir. I say yes and amen, but can you sacrifice my nasal as I give you this obedience? Hallelujah. Hmm? Yes, we are. Okay, great. <laughs> but just reading about Noah, I mean it kind of like when you add yourself in the story, you're like, man. That was a big deal. We would just read it fast. Like, oh, okay, he was in 600 you know, Cypress Wood. No, 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 no. Like, the details of it is like, oh, oh. Yeah, I didn't even look at it like that. Right? But the most amazing part of that is God went ahead and he blessed it again, right? So Genesis 9, and this was just like, wow. It says in verse 1 that God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, all the animals of the earth, all the birds of the sky, all the small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the fish in the sea will look on with you with fear and terror. I have placed them in your power. I have given them, and he told them, he said, I have given them to you for food, just as I have given you grains and vegetables. I wish that I can get the serious vegetarian, excuse me, to really, really, really listen to that. You cannot tell somebody what they're eating is wrong. Okay, great. Because he literally just said, no, it's in the Bible. I don't want to hear nobody fight with me. It says in Genesis 9, 3, I have given them to you for food. Just as I have given you grains and vegetables. Can we all get along? Hmm? Can we? Hmm? I'm, it's just a question. Trying to get some peace. Okay. All right. Um, let's move along. That's fine. Cause y'all want to talk about it and that's fine. We can go ahead and move on. But the fact that he went ahead and blessed the animals again, that he blessed them again, but you know what? When it came to human beings, it said, um, let me see. It said in seven, now be fruitful, multiply and repopulate the earth. So he did it in the same order that he did when he was in Genesis 1. He blessed the animals first, and then he came back, doubled back, and he blessed us. And then I kind of went back and forth because I was, you know, it, I mean, the story is juicy. You have to read it from beginning to end. It's outrageous. Start from Genesis 6 and just keep reading like, whoa, be at the edge of your seat, I promise you. Just the fact of reading the process that Noah took to get out the boat, it wasn't that easy. It wasn't easy to build it. It was a lot of instruction. It took a long time, and it almost took half that time to get off the boat. None of that was easy. And I think that that should be captured for the people that feel like, God, I'm following your instruction. I'm following what you put in my heart. Why is this taking so long? Show me a time in the Bible that it didn't. I want to know who we're looking at that we're comparing these overnight whatevers. And we're like, how come it's taking so long what we're doing? Jesus already, he could have came down at 30 
and just went ahead and just, you know, I mean, if it was going to happen at 33, he could have came down at 33. He came through the whole process of being in the womb, being born, being, you, it, did it take all that? Well, you know what? God is the God of order and decency. And he feels like I starting to really see there is something to him with process. And he wants us to get that. And as soon as you get that, every great thing has a process. There are no cutting corners. There are no shortcuts that you have to process a thing to get the full fruition of what he's trying to do. You will then go ahead and see, you know what? I don't despise the process no more. Because it wasn't a short, I don't know, a shortcut for anyone, especially Noah. If, if anyone, it should have been a shortcut for him. He didn't, he didn't do nothing. He was blameless. He was rocking out with God. They was, you know, shooting the breeze. Might as well have been the cooler today. So don't despise the process. Purpose really takes intent. It takes instruction. And it takes that quiet fellowship to get those unanswered nuances, just those little things that you're like, God, I'm not too sure. Let him whisper that in your fellowship time. Find it, establish it, because you absolutely need it to get off the boat of the vision he has for you. Hmm. And I think that says a lot right there. So... I saw that my grandmother called me while I was on the phone with you, so I'm going to go ahead and let you go. Or as my nanny say, I ain't going to hold you. I'm going to return this call. But I want you to think about that. Just kind of rest in that. And whatever God wants to give to your heart, I pray that you heard it in this telephone call. I pray that this conversation just, just was a light bulb. Like, that's what I'm missing. And I know it's going to be excellent. I cannot wait to talk to you again so you could tell me how it went. But let me call my grandma back because you know how my nanny could be. <laughs> All right, I'm going to call you back. And you know what that means. <laughs> Later. <laughs>